0: This episode I recorded last year with my fellow brothers of the podcast Apocalypse, Mike Hill and Ralph Schmidt, we talk about our favorite scariest moments from TV and film. We were inspired by the killer Shutter 101 scariest movie moments from last year. I think we um have a few deep cut picks that you're really are gonna dig, and um hopefully some new stuff that you never heard of before. So yeah, hope you enjoy that. And um, after you're done with this episode, make sure you check out my fellow horsemen of the podcast, Apocalypse. Everything Went Black podcast into the Necrosphere, the Necromaniacs podcast, Iblis Manifestations and the Soul Nugs podcast. Um, Thanks so much. And uh, also don't forget to follow me on social media. Brandon Legion 666 on Facebook and also Hardwolf 666 on Facebook. And that's pretty much the same for Twitter and also Instagram. So thanks so much and uh, take care. All right. Today I am joined by the great Mike Hill and Ralph Schmidt. And we're going to be talking our top six favorite horror moments. And that can include TV, movies, whatever. So um, this is going to be a really good one. So how are you guys doing today?
1: I'm doing good, man. It's uh, getting to be the latter part of autumn you know with uh, the mightiest season uh winter looming ahead of us so yeah i'm doing okay
2: yes i'm over here um like uh getting ready for unholy passion fest which is in two weeks and where mike and i finally after uh what feels like 20 years see each other again yes uh, yeah dude it's uh, it's so cool and uh yeah like mike said finally like the um the, i mean fall i guess we're all fall guys here like not the majors fall guys but like fall enthusiasts mm-hmm. and uh for us like here it was super warm i was running around ah. in a t- t-shirt like two weeks ago and now like all the leaves have fallen and it's gray and cold so like the actual fall was like a week and now it's winter or winter is coming huh.
0: yeah but it's good yeah that's really cool with the unholy passion stuff man i wish i could come with you it sounds like it's gonna be fucking awesome
2: yeah we have something special in store which you will only see as a video i assume but uh <laughs> yes it's uh so next next year maybe like uh the uh horseman uh podcast apocalypse horseman crew at unholy passion fest like everybody comes out like pat carl and like jackie can come over and mike scandato and jeff <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great man I'm, I'm really looking forward to
1: uh getting out of the country uh you know and uh and hanging out seeing some great music running and seeing some great friends like hanging out with ralph that's gonna be awesome
0: yeah man yeah i'm a bit jealous but uh y'all gonna have a killer time and like you said hopefully maybe next year if everything aligns right like we can make this happen all this join up over there and stuff that'd be fucking cool as hell
2: hey dude like the craziest thing happened like there's um we have like a guy here in the department of culture work, cultural work in the city of Cologne, and he um he's a big author fan. And um so so I spoke to him because we got an offer to fly out to the UK next year for a festival. And like the guy says, like, I can pay you like a thousand bucks, but like for a thousand bucks, you can not fly five people over and do everything properly. So he was like the Cologne guy was like oh so yeah there there's a like there's a budget for bands that want to fly out of the country to play shows and we arrange everything it's like really, and he's like yeah I did like I was responsible for Holy Grail which was like one of Cologne's best post punk bands we ever had, um they flew out for a, a tour in the states for three weeks with VNV and Nation and they paid everything they got like fifty grand from the city to fly them out, pay for everything. So I was like, so you'd also do American stuff? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, let's talk. So, wow. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm working on that. So maybe like finally, because we always get asked, like, when does Ulta come to the states? So maybe finally we can make it happen in some form or another, and then, Mike, you know, that tombs and Ulta has to roll, you know. Oh, totally, man! That'd be great.
1: You know, that'd be that'd be perfect you know for like yeah. maybe next summer or something like that yeah
0: <laughs> oh yeah that would be total badass <laughs> oh, <laughs> i drive out wherever you're playing i don't give a shit how many miles it is we'll be there so <laughs> <laughs> we'll play your living room man oh man my neighbor would love that i live next to a really shitty ass fucking uh I guess you would call her a Karen. So oh, I need no. to come down there like lifting weights or whatever. I have my music just a little bit too loud, which ain't loud at all. You know, I could really blast that shit. She's like, oh, you need to turn your bass down and stuff. So <laughs> I would love that. Just fucking knock her fucking walls off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll play a Men of War cover set. <laughs> Dude, as I'm sitting here right now, I have uh, two full stacks next to me. <laughs> and um, I got enough tube power in here to fucking, you know, knock down some walls. If I really want to be a dick, I would take all this to the other side next to her wall and turn all that on one day, man. Just wreck her whole her whole house would be wrecked. man. I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just you ima-
2: I'm just imagining like the opening for the black and white video of Michael Jackson with Macaulay Culkin. But it's just you blasting the walls and it's her flying out, <laughs> not his dad.
0: <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> if i ever win the lottery i'm definitely gonna do that because i wouldn't give a fuck then i have enough money who cares you know i'm gonna i'm gonna have some fun <laughs> uh, <clears throat> before we get started to um with their top six lists and stuff um have y'all seen anything uh cool recently
1: uh yeah man uh i've seen uh you know quite a bit of stuff uh, actually i'm really digging the new american horror story believe it or not i know that that's you know, people are gonna think I'm some sort of incel like weirdo for liking that show, but I really <laughs> I really do like it. And uh the Gaspar No X Eterna is um mm-hmm. that's on Shutter right now, and I'm a big Gaspar No fan and has probably one of my favorite French actresses ever, Beatrice Dahl and uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg are both in that. And um oh. yeah, those are two two things that come to mind right away.
0: Oh damn, I didn't know that was on shutter already. I need I need to check that out. And um, I'm I'm also a fan of American Horror Story, too. I don't give a shit who doesn't like her or whatever, you know, fucking whatever. But I've always, I've always been a fan of American Horror Story. Like, some seasons are weaker than others. But overall, it's a cool show. And this new season is really fucking awesome. I just uh, finished the last two episodes the other night. So if you haven't finished the season finale yet, uh, pretty cool. And it goes out there, you know.
1: I'm a little behind. I still have, like, maybe – I'm, like, halfway through with it right now. But uh, I'm probably going to wrap, wrap, wrap it up this weekend.
0: I love the cruising vibes, too, it has going on with it, you know? Yeah, straight up, definitely.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know, like, man, I, I backed out of that in the second season. And, uh, like, I always hear, I mean, it's all, it's been a topic on Necro, like, a bunch of times. So, I might, like, head into this and watch this. But, dude, like, there's so much fucking shit going on in shows this year. I mean, Mike and, like, and Jeff and, and the other Mike, like, you always talk about, like, how good of a year this was for horror it's also like the shows and the music man this 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 is like off the charts it's uh i am i'm like i have a list of like all the shows i watched movies i watched and records that came out in my phone it's it's so long and there's so much good stuff
0: unbelievable yeah yeah i totally agree with that i still got shit i need to catch up on like i haven't watched uh uh i haven't watched pearl yet everybody's been telling me how good pearl is and i want to watch pearl so it's on my list you know coming up but there's like i said there's so many good things out there especially uh tv wise if you all haven't watched um interview with the vampire i know you might not be an Amrise fan or whatever even if you're not i think this is still appealing to you it's uh man one of the best shows out this year interview with the vampire it's like eight episodes it's already done right now so oh, you can go ahead and let's binge all of them but it's brutal man it's so good
1: yeah. actually uh jet both jeff and mike have seen seen it and they both recommended it so i'm probably gonna at least check it out like i i'm not I, for some reason i just never caught in on with the and rice stuff and um but you know i'm definitely gonna check it out because everyone's telling me that it's a really cool series
2: yeah. uh yeah i have to dig into that too i uh of course uh over here ralph and the illegal downloads so uh i have to download it again the same as with uh let the right one in and it's all sitting in my my hard drive so i have to watch through this but um there's like something came out on uh, on thursday i think yeah on thursday which i was looking for very much to and i blasted through the first half of the season and it's unfucking believably good and that's $18.99 oh yeah, yeah. let us see that yeah it's it's from the guys that made dark and um oh. it has the same lead lead actor and and i uh, uh, do like uh it, it has everything you want it has like it's 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 on the uh on the ocean it has like a ghost ship it has event horizon vibes it has alien vibes it has lovecraftian vibes it has a super strong cast um super like many languages being spoken so it's like really entertaining and and interesting the quality is fucking out there it's uh yeah it's everything i was hoping for it's like the same mystery you have to you have to really pay attention and and like i have to remember names and shit so like for dark i had to print out a family tree so i (laughs) like didn't mix up the characters it's kind of like this too so again it's like I th- like I, I made the statements on Instagram like last week that like Netflix should probably focus more on German productions because Stark is hands down one of the best things that they ever did. And uh, two weeks ago, all is quiet on the Western front came out, which is also fucking stunning. And now 1899. So, um, yeah, really digging that. Yeah, I, I gotta
1: get. I want to get dark on um, Blu-ray, man. I want to get like a, a hard copy of that so
2: I can watch it with subtitles for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really good. And I mean, the the, the thing is again, what I love is like, uh, as with like Angel Badalamenti and David Lynch, and you've got like uh, like other like movie producers or show producers that work together with like musicians, and they always have like this the symbiosis it's the same thing here with ben frost who did the score for dark and he also did the the score for 1899 so it's like a perfect match again
0: nice yeah that's that's going on my list as of right now and the thing with netflix they never really promote their shit and like i didn't even know nothing about this till yesterday when i was uh watching something else on netflix it's like 1899 thing popped up on there like something i might like i'm like where the hell did this come from <laughs>
2: oh dude you 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 will not just like it you will love it it's 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 so up our alleys man it's uh it's yeah it's really good
0: nice and another uh, strong way to end the year when it comes to tv stuff that's been coming out you know so i'm looking forward to that
2: dude like it, it like that this year blew out of the gates with uh um oh fuck what was the name uh, archive 81 and like that was yes. the first it was the first show like in the new year and now it goes out with a banger with eighteen ninety nine. Yeah,
0: did you did you follow the uh, podcast of Archive
2: eighty one as well? I, I did after your recommendation, but I like dropped out in the second season because it was so weird. Y-
1: yeah, yeah, I checked yeah, totally. it out too, man. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of episodes, man. I'm trying to get through through a lot of it too.
0: I think they ended it um if I'm not mistaken. I went through all of them. Like I said, it does get really fucking weird, especially during like the second, third season. It goes way out there, which I like. I like really strange things, but um, I don't know if they're going to continue it. I think they want to do something else. I don't know, but it was really cool. And I hopefully, well, I think, did they already cancel Archive 81 for the second season? I thought I heard something about that. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's canceled, and it's it's such a shame
0: i have no idea why
1: they did that apparently it was like super popular too and it just left you on a cliffhanger for the most part you know yeah oh real quick brandon i have to give you uh just props for uh that recommendation the nick cutter uh book the deep yeah so good man i like like devoured that book in like a few days it was so good really appreciate that recommendation
0: oh hell yeah that's one of my favorites uh you know favorite books i've checked out in a while man and um also checked out his other book yeah, i think he's got a few out there the other one was called like the scout or something, or scout crew or some shit there's a bunch of uh kids on a bunch of scouts on an island and stuff and uh shit goes downhill and it's like a lot of body horror and stuff like that I, I can't think of the exact name of it i thought it was like scout or something but anything that cutter does i would say check out so
1: yeah definitely i'm a fan
0: i'm gonna be digging into his other books i'm reading the uh kind of the novelization of Fright Night but it also contains some uh like stuff from before like so it's kind of a prequel too it's thrown in with the you know stuff you seen from the movie but this has a lot of prequel stuff involved in it and um it's on encyclop it's always hard to say this encyclopedia apocalypse or whatever uh check them <laughs> out <laughs> they're so hard to say man i have to write it down to say it but uh they do a lot of like uh um, movie novelizations and stuff and a lot of like original work but um this is really cool i recommend it um if you can check it out it's called uh uh shit i gotta find the name of real quick it's uh it's the it's the fright night novelization it just came out but um i highly That's, recommend checking that out it's really cool that sounds cool Definitely yeah you right get quick. to get some backstory on you know how things became what it's supposed to be like you know all, more vampire lore and stuff like that it's it's cool Okay, it's called Fright Night Origins, so that's pretty easy to remember. <laughs> right on. So yeah, now was written by Tom Holland and uh, Jack Ulrich. So check that one out. All right, well, if y'all are ready, we can uh, start our uh, top six favorite scary moments from film, TV, or you know, whatever. So we're down with that. Yeah, but
2: uh, gentlemen, I would like to ask a question before we start with this. Yes. Check your list and tell me how many of these things you wrote down are stuff that came out after where you were young,
0: like more contemporary. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Let's see here. (laughs) Most of the stuff that I got on my list is when I was uh, younger, at least uh, probably like 16 and under pretty much. I don't really have anything new, except for one. My number five is going to be a new one that came out a few years ago, but everything else is pretty older you
1: know one in my top six and then two in my runner-ups
2: yeah are like in my adult life it's uh it's the same here there's uh i i just found like one really newer stuff that made it into the like the top six there's in the runner-ups just like some more modern stuff but uh yeah my my thesis is before we get going with this it's like I think the shit that like the stuff that scared the shit out of us happened when we were young and it really phrased the stuff that really speaks to us nowadays. You know, like I think the, the movies nowadays that come out that scare me have something in common with the stuff that scared me when I was young. Mm -hmm. Like, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Totally. man. You know, but also
1: it's like when you're a kid, you're, you're still forming your, uh, you know, your imagination and, uh, you know the 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 veil between real and fantasy is very thin you yeah. know um you're still trying to figure out what's real and what's not real. <laughs> I think when you're like young and you might you might have certain fears that are part of this like you know kind of like primordial like collective consciousness that you just have mm. like genetically or something you know
2: mm. yeah and then then I agree with that yeah. And then it's definitely a, a good move for parents to take you to a cinema and watch the exorcist. Yeah, just like my mom did when I was like
0: four. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah. Like like you're saying, like you get a better impression of things when you're younger like that. Cause nothing new scares me. I haven't really been scared of a I haven't been scared of a film and many 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 years you know life's a lot more scary than anything on film unfortunately so you know sure. it takes a lot to really scare me and i i don't, I don't scare easy so like i say a lot of this stuff is from like uh teenage years on down so yeah.
2: but it's like but, there's sorry mike go ahead i, I was just going to say that i think that
1: nowadays there's a lot more like kind of conceptually profound things that i respond to as opposed to like being scared like on a visceral
2: level you know what i mean hmm yeah, it's it's um, I don't know. It's like I, I always look for that rush, like that adrenaline from scenes that really scare me. And that doesn't happen that often. Um And then there's like I watch movies and there might be just like one scene. And that's like that's cool that we do this, like not the movies that in total scared us, but like the scenes, because some of the scenes are like out of things that like in total didn't are not that scary but like the scenes were and then on my list is like uh for example the omen you know my like two of my favorite horror movies the omen one and two they don't have like that one scene that scares me but like the whole vibe of the movie is so fucking scary because of the score and and the obscure optics and it's just like i don't know but there's like these movies and like on my list uh it's like stuff where i like I watch this think the movie is okay and then the one thing happens and it triggers all the right spots and then you have goosebumps and think like oh fucking shit, this works yeah totally
0: Mhm, agreed so um i guess we can start we'll go with uh ralph first and uh mike get you next and i'll go last so um we'll start from our number six and work our way up number one if you're down with that <laughs> all right Sound, sounds good okay, okay uh number six
2: um uh matching to uh where i started um because uh i have we had in germany on rtl which is like a tv station we had a program um which was like a fake elvira it was kind of like a german german equivalent and uh and she she introduced like some horror movies and uh one of the first ones i saw And still to this day, one of my favorites is Nightmare on Elm Street, part four. Hmm. And especially the scene which I chose as my number six is the Debbie scene, which is Debbie is the fitness enthusiast. And uh, she's working out in her in her room, lifting, like pushing weights. And uh, all of a sudden, Freddie appears above her and pushes her weight down and uh she says i don't believe in you and she he's like but i believe in you and then he starts pushing against her until her arms break like at the spine of the arm which is already terrible but she like in in the course of the movie it's established that she's uh afraid of cockroaches and then in that nightmare she has she's like she ends up in a roach motel and she falls down into that like glue thing and then it's like a complete my fr- that was my first experience with body horror so she turns into that cockroach and like the her skin gets ripped off and then all of a sudden you see freddie's eye uh, looking into that roach motel and that scene to this day gives me the creeps because of the music and her like screaming in agony and her skin peeling off and she's transforming like almost kafka kafka-esque uh she's turning into that bug and that just like yeah that's still giving me the creeps
0: oh dude i totally agree with that i'm not a fan of roaches at all and like the (laughs) roach arms and all coming out of her arms is so fucking freaky man yeah
1: well you know being a uh, native new yorker i uh, definitely have no don't have any kind of fondness for cockroaches either so (laughs) i can totally relate to
0: that. We got things in uh, South Carolina. I don't know. You probably have them in New York too. It's probably a whole East Coast thing. But they call them water bugs, but they're just giant cockroaches. You know, so you know it's and they fly. (laughs) Oh man, the ones down there fly.
1: That's oh dude, yeah, they fly.
0: Yeah, Yeah,
1: that's I know that in Florida there's like palmetto
0: (laughs) bugs, which I imagine are similar to that. That's the same thing. That's what we have here. Okay yeah they'll suck dude i i remember days uh downstairs as a kid in my little basement room and stuff watching movies and you see this like shape fly by your head and it's like a fucking three inch cockroach flying at you man it's like ah you know
2: (laughs) god dude we, we don't we don't we don't have them here you know like we don't have cockroaches and i saw them the first time when i was on vacation with my parents in spain like we did like vacation there on an island And it was super hot, and all of a sudden, like, in our bathtub, like, two or three cockroaches crawled out. And that was after I saw, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, so I almost pissed my pants because it was so, like, ah, no, they're coming to get you, man. Yeah, dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And there's something worse than cockroaches that we have uh, in the south, too, but mostly I think Florida and stuff like the more tropical areas, but uh, millipedes, man. I don't know if you've ever seen any millipedes, but they're horrifying. They got like a million legs and they can get up to like uh shit like thirteen inches long or some shit. I'm, I may be exaggerating, but I've seen like crazy ass videos of giant millipedes and they, they will hurt you to have these giant pinchers and stuff, man. They're just hard.
1: Uh, well actually uh, it's funny you mentioned because there was a scene like that in the the deep, the book that uh yep, that yep. Nick Nick Cutter broke, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, what a what a harrowing experience that must be,
2: man. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Mike, do you remember uh KTS Freiburg when you played with Enodyne? Uh vaguely, yes, I do. Yeah, it's like one of the the oldest punk squat places that we have here, and it's still to this day like smoking in the venue is a, is like mandatory for the speed crust people and it's like we played there with Planks like one of our last shows. And we were sleeping in there. They have like sleeping bed, like these bunk beds as all the punk places. And I went upstairs to like to like drop my bag, and like there's a couch in the room, and I was just like hanging out because there was no smoking. All of a sudden, someone came in and was like, "Oh, you have to be careful." I was like, "What is? Why is that?" Oh yeah, we had like a Spanish crust band, and they were so filthy. Now we have these centipedes here. It was like, "What?" (laughs) Oh man, (laughs) it's like, "What? How did that happen?" And then I was like, I was sitting on the couch, and literally like a minute later, there was one that passed my past my foot and i have a size 15 shoe and that thing was longer than my shoe and it was like oh. okay i'm wow. not sleeping Dude. here man it's like oh yeah That's
0: fuck scary. that yeah <laughs> hey all right so i guess mike you're next
1: this one uh is pretty obvious uh it's uh going back to 1974 so this is speaking of ralph's uh You know, hypothesis about early memories and stuff like that. So this is uh, from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The scene where Grandpa has his hammer and he's they're they're trying to coerce him into uh, bashing Sally in the head with the hammer over the bucket. Okay. now that like gave me as a young kid, I was like horrified at that. And that once again, this is a videotape my mom brought home from the video store. We were watching this as a family. And um, (laughs)
0: it's it's
1: so crazy to say that. But I was like, I'm so happy that my mom is my mom still like watches horror films. She was just telling me that she just ran through the entire Omen uh, series on HBO Max recently. Um, Cool. but, But yeah, that scene, I was like. I remember the, just the anxiety of like wanting it to be over. Like, all right, hit her in the head, man. Like, just get it over with, or or have her escape, or something. You know, just don't. Like, just being stuck on that precipice was like so fucking excruciating.
0: yeah, that's a hell of a scene. I mean, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Original still holds up so well, and it's still one of the best horror films ever fucking made. You know I mean, this my I do like a yearly rewatch, and I usually go through like the first uh, three. Or maybe four i think first three and um yeah that 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 first one man uh it's so visceral and dirty in this fucking because it really was that way on set you know they're working out there in like 100 degree weather and stuff like no showers like uh, i think leatherface wore the same shit every day so you just feel that grit and dirtiness of this film you know it feels so realistic
1: it's like it's like it must have been like going to see like watain play you know what i mean with like <laughs> all the dead animals and smell and all that sort of stuff <laughs>
0: yeah i've seen um hell goat live and um i can't remember i think it was in denver and uh you could sm- the whole venue to smell the rotting fucking animals dude and mm-hmm. like all the way to the back all the way to the front it didn't matter where you want but like when hell goat played it was nothing but fucking yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, we're friends with the driver uh, who was driving their tour and stuff like he's a good friend of ours he was just explaining how bad it smelled even through the fucking trailer mm-hmm where they kept all like dead animals and stuff he could still smell in the van on their clothes and all he said he was about to fucking die
2: <laughs> uh, yeah it's like uh i saw watain on that tour with destroyer 666 after lawless darkness came out i was still like when they were like playing smaller clubs and i was like oh yeah man i'm going first row and then they yeah. like the ro- the road crew came out with like these metal cases and they <laughs> took out the vests i'm like oh god and then it's like the rats flew onto the stage. I'm like, okay, I'm going back to the, to the bar and just watch it from there. Oh, it's terrible. But that's the feeling like I, I get from like watching Texas Chainsaw. You know, like watching the new one on Netflix, it just makes me feel guilty for the shit they pull because it's so terrible. And I want to take a shower because it's so bad. <laughs> but like with the original Texas Chainsaw, it's like it's this grimy ass movie um and and i remember mike i suggested to you like to watch uh, the golden glove that german movie yes absolutely yeah, man. yeah and that's like one of the this feeling like you just want to take a shower because it's so dirty and that like the first texas chainsaw left the same feeling with me it was probably the first one i saw that gave me this like oh my god i feel uncomfortable i want to take a shower
1: is, is that still on shutter because i've been trying to get jeff and or Mike to watch that so we can talk about it on Necromaniacs, but uh, no one seems to bite on it. And maybe you <laughs> and I should talk about it. You know.
2: dude, I, I'm game. You know, for like if you need me, I will. I always want to spread the word about that movie because again, it's it's like a really ex- like extraordinary production for Germany, and also because everything is talking about the serial killers and now with the Dahmer thing. And I think, like, as much, like, Dahmer had, like, this dirt in it. It was, like, well-produced, but it was still grimy. But, like, the Golden Glove is, like, Lex-level disgusting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's also totally a, true,
1: a true story, too, right? Basically, basically yeah. it's not
2: a true story. Yes, correct. And I've actually been to the Golden Glove. Like, when we played Hamburg the last time, I, I went in there. And it's just, like, the people look exactly the same way as, as in that movie. Wow. Hamburg always reminds
1: me of like New York in the 80s, man. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. like Hamburg. Hamburg is definitely the grimiest city in Germany, I think.
0: Yeah. Some parts of it, at least. Yeah. Oh. Man, yeah, I, I need a shower just hearing that from just going <laughs> back and remembering watching the Golden Glove. Like it's a great movie, but god damn, man, it's there's no romanticizing, you know, how Lottie Serial Killer's movie kind of romanticize the killer and stuff, and oh uh-huh. let's get this guy to plan with the golden glove. This just fucking nasty and fucking, you know, just brutal, dude.
2: Yeah. Uh the eating the, the, the sausage eating scenes, like ah yeah. That ruined my weekend
0: uh, you get those kind of films that kind of ruin your weekend that was one of them i yeah. put that up there with gummo gumbo also ruined my weekend one weekend <laughs> <laughs> my god uh, one's enough like uh, great they're great films and but one viewing is enough like i'm good for a lifetime you know
2: yeah that's for me it's the new night uh the new texas chainsaw on netflix i i, I like that ruined my weekend as well but in a different version like i was
0: just pissed yeah. I think the only parts I like with the new Texas Chainsaw over the kill scenes. But like after I watched it, things like, oh, this is cool. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, oh, that part kind of sucked. It's a lot I do that with a lot of these like newer films. Like I get real hyped up on it. I'm like, oh cool, this is gonna be great. But the more I think about it, more I'm like, oh, that wasn't very good. You know?
2: Yeah. Same with the Hellraiser and but like this there's this one scene that actually like stuck with me, and that's the one where uh her her like truck crashes into that poppy field. And you see like him coming out through the fields. And just, just that graphic looked so fucking stunning and cool. But everything after that was a
0: complete mess. Yeah, yeah it was rough. Um, I, maybe one day they can uh, do Texas Chainsaw and Honor and like make a decent film. But until then, we got a lot of crap to deal with. Yeah. Also, the best way to watch original Texas Chainsaw, if it's still up on shutters with Joe Bob. He did this uh Thanksgiving massacre type uh, marathon, like when he first started doing his uh, marathons on shutter You know, when during his comeback, he did like this uh 24-hour long marathon. It was a brutal one, but it was so good. And uh, it focused on uh Texas Chainsaw. I think that's like one of the best ways to watch it because he's such a fucking. He knows everything about Texas Chainsaw. It's one of his favorite films, and just hearing him give you all this like down low intro, um, info and stuff on it is just fucking amazing
1: yeah i saw you know, i saw that too and that was that was pretty i saw that when it was streaming like live it was pretty awesome
0: yeah it's really killer hopefully it's still up because i like to go back and revisit that one with joe bob's commentary and stuff It's was so well done all right so we are down to my number six my number six is uh not necessarily a scene but it's uh it's an intro with that, that always like uh Struck fear in my heart as a kid. Like, as soon as this would play, I know like shit's going down now. But um, that's gonna be uh tales from the uh, tales from the dark side, the TV series. All right, the opening intro with that fucking crazy ass like uh, bright and shiny looking like graphic they were used, and everything gets goes to dark. Even the soundtrack itself, everything just kind of like slows down and goes to darkness. And you know, in the open intro, I had to line up uh... Man lives in a sunlit world of what he believes to be reality, but there is unseen by most an underworld, a place that is just real, but not as brightly lit at dark side. And uh, that always freaked me out. Like, you knew you were in for some shit, and it just always stayed with me as a kid, even in my teenage years. Even now, like, I I can still vividly remember that intro to Tales from from the dark side, and, you know, it definitely uh, scarred me in a good way, I guess, because it kind of really opened me up to horror because that was like back in the 80s when this came out and i was watching it probably when i was like five or six really young and stuff but uh yeah that intro got me <laughs> well
1: done man that's that's actually a good a good call i uh I, I i also felt the same way about the intro that's that's pretty awesome
0: and i don't even know what that is <laughs> i've never heard of it oh you know you got some uh, research to do on this one because uh, a lot of good things with uh tales from the dark side the tv series i think they did a movie too and the movie's cool but the tv series is way better so wherever you can find it at like check it out like a lot of really killer directors did different episodes i think okay. toby hooper did some uh i think spielberg did some maybe but you know it's just really good it's a horror anthology you know nothing's connected nice. everything's a different thing but uh really fucking cool man put uh, it on my list nice Yeah, childhood terror, like those words and all the stuff being spoken and, you know, plus that music, that's a hell of a combo. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, that's my number six is uh, the intro to Tales from the Dark Side. Now now I have the Biohazard song in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Tales from
2: the Hard Side. (laughs) Yeah, Tales from the Dark Side.
0: I was listening to that song the other day, lifting weights, man. You can't get more pumped without some biohazard. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yeah.
2: dude, like that. The my like I I spoke to Mike about it. I'm like so burned out right now because of work and all the shit that happened and, and all this stuff. Like my my head is a complete in a weirdo space. So like sometimes like this, you know, like you're talking about tales from the dark side, and it's like in my head it's like tales from the dark side, and so it's like. This morning, I like I woke up and because I was like DJing yesterday and it was like go, went to bed at four in the morning no, five in the morning, as like uh, like a rabbit dream and shit. And I woke up and I had the fucking Spider-Man TV show theme like from the cartoon show, but it was just like horror wolf six 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 horror wolf six six six. I'm like, uh, dude, it's, like I really I really have to take a break, man. My head is not in the right place right now. <laughs>
0: Well new theme song for me. That's cool. I, I dig yeah. it. <laughs> All right. So Ralph, you're number five. Okay.
2: Uh number five, uh ninety ninety-six Mulholland Drive, the the bar scene, uh the diner scene. Yeah. It uh, bad. Yeah. It's um yeah it's just like David Lynch like dude like he uh, i mean uh he he always strikes a nerve with me like his 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 stuff is like always delirious, and I was like when when uh when Paul and Mike did that episode on like uh on movies that were like um dude, I'm missing the adjective now what what disturbing, what, 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 disturbing, disturbing. right Yeah, that's like kind of like the feeling that I got from a lot of like watching David Lynch stuff. And like I remember being in the cinema from Mulholland Drive and then it's like he's like this brooding like droney sound. And he's like, oh, I had this dream and he talks about it and they go out and the pacing is really slow and explains like he pretty much explains exactly what will happen. And the thing with David Lynch is like where some like the classic horror uh, movie producers or directors they tend to like tease something and you as like a, a, a horror fan expect something to happen and then it doesn't happen and you turn around and there's the jump scare he does exactly what you know will be coming but he does it in slow motion and it's just so painful and when he's like walking towards this and he starts shaking and then it's like you see the corner coming closer and it's going closer and closer, and then the hobo is coming around the corner. Heart attack, instantaneous heart attack, and one of the scariest things I've ever seen.
0: It's that nightmare feeling that David Lynch nails with all this stuff. If it's like Twin Peaks or whatever he's doing, like it, yeah. it always feels like you're trapped in a nightmare. And that scene in particular really like hit me hard too. Like that that is total like nightmare shit, man. Like, and he just fucking nails it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, David Lynch is uh, definitely one of one of the um, the masters of creating that nightmare world. Yeah,
2: and that's also, that's what I'm. That's, sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, go ahead. I was just saying. Um, I got to talk with uh, Bonnie Aarons who played the hobo and stuff, and I, I told her how awesome that scene was. I'm like, that one really fucked up a lot of people. And she's like, oh, that's good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's so oh, fucking yeah, I, cool.
1: <laughs> I, I remember listening to that episode, man. That was really cool. And she was. She's. I didn't realize that. I mean, until I heard that episode, I didn't realize that it was
0: the same actress from like other other stuff that she'd done either. Yeah, she's uh, just got done wrapping up the Nun too, which I'm, I'm not a big fan of the Nun stuff or whatever. It's cool. I like her. I like her part. I like the way the Nun looks. This is the rest of the movies kind of like weird for me. You know, it doesn't really do too much. But I think her part's really cool. But um, yeah, she's super nice, man. Really awesome. Um, and she stays in contact with me via like Twitter and Facebook. We're friends on there and stuff. And I want to talk to her again. Hopefully next year. And so she's really interesting that's cool
2: yeah it's like when I, when we started and and spoke about like the formative years and i don't i still to this day don't know where it came from but like <clears throat> when i was 12 or 13 i started having these like vivid nightmares and they kind of always revolve around the same stuff and it's like what david lynch does like triggers these points and so everything that has something to do with nightmares always resonates with me. And that's probably because that's why Nightmare on Elm Street was so fucking scary. The idea of like being killed in your sleep and then it's like you're dead in the real world. And the stuff that David Lynch does is like, yeah, that's like always when it involves this dreamy kind of atmosphere. Um, yeah, I'm always in that. And uh, you will see like in my the next four there will be more stuff in that vein that shocked me, but like yeah, that one still to this day. Like when I I dread watching the movie because I know this will happen, you know.
0: Yeah, you know what's coming, you know. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, so Mike, your number five.
1: All right, so my number five is uh, a Sam Raimi film, 1981's Evil Dead. And the specific scene is uh, when Cheryl is running through the woods and gets penetrated by the tree branch.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I I like as you know. Once again, you know, know, consistent with Ralph's treatise about this whole thing. uh, You know, I was a young kid. We were watching this on VHS. It was during the day, actually. I think it was like uh, one of those periods of time, maybe like around the Christmas break or something. And a friend of mine was over the house and we were watching it. And uh, it's that scene. I'd never seen anything like that before. When I was a kid uh, for obvious reasons. And it was just so like going further than I'd ever been taken before by a movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just the brutality of that scene. And the fact just that movie seemed like it actually was real. You know, like when you're a young kid watching it, you're like, well, who are these people? Who are these actors and actresses? It's like, they just look like regular people that I see at the diner or something, or you know what I mean. And it, mm-hmm. yeah, it seems really, really powerful for me.
0: Yeah, that whole movie is fucking dark. I mean, you know, with the second one, how they kind of almost remade and you know, added more comedy to it. Like that first one's just pretty much straight up dark and fucked up.
1: Yeah, totally. And a quick, uh, quick aside: the the kid that watched it with us was so scared that he didn't want to
2: walk home, and uh, mm-hmm. so we had to we had to drive him back to his house wow that whole that whole franchise it's like even i mean like ashworth's evil dead and army of darkness even though that's like complete corny and it's still cool like i still like it the way it looks everything um but the first evil dead yeah that's also like really scared me when i was young and it was one of these things you know like where people like older kids come to you and they want to like oh yeah do you know that movie that happens and I just remember like people, yeah, there's a tree raping a woman. It's like, what? And it's like, (laughs) then when I first saw it, I'm like, I was like already scared because of like the demon in the basement and the blood and like the violence. And but it was always like, okay, this is so looking so weird. And then the tree chase scene came and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's 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 the real deal. Yeah
1: you know another thing too is like even by the time i saw that film i'd already started reading like conan and lovecraft and you know robert e howard and the whole thing with the necronomicon and the you know the book was already stuff that was like kind of in my in my mind at that point too so like is the necronomicon a real book like you know you just Mm. as a young kid you're like you like i said you don't know what's real and what's not real sometimes and that movie just is always to this Mm. day still makes me uncomfortable
0: yeah i totally agree with everything you just said there and as you say that i sit next to my giant box set of evil dead stuff i just bought like i got the whole i got the first uh two movies plus the whole tv series and stuff i mm-hmm. i i sent you that link mike i think you're yeah, getting it too i Didn't did, you, I did.
1: Yeah, yeah i picked it up man it's it's great i highly recommend it man it's excellent
2: yeah, i don't even want to take it
0: out the box it's it's pretty bad so <laughs> i won't take
2: it out what's your feeling on the remake
0: I liked it. I, I dug it. I went to the theaters to see that one, and I got to witness everybody start to cringe whenever they started doing the uh, turkey cutter scene, which is cutting their arm off, you know, the turkey slicer thing or whatever yeah. that was. And I thought that was cool.
1: Yeah, I, I like it too, man. It's uh, it's it's like real, like nihilistic, man. Like there's like yeah. no, it's just relentless. You know what I mean? And it's just a different type of uh, take on it. And uh, I kind of was wishing they would do more, like along, like you know, sequels or
2: something. One of the few times I actually wanted to see a sequel, you know. Right. That's the same feeling here. It's like, that's one of like all these remakes they did. And I completely forgot that they'd redid the thing at some point, like a third time where they wanted to finish the trilogy, which never happened then. Um, But uh, with, with Evil Dead, it was like I was in the cinema. It was one of these, oh yeah, I mean, it's four euros. Like I'm alone on Monday. I just go. And I was like really entertained and I thought it was really well done. It was brutal. It was nihilistic. And I thought like, yeah, like they could continue with that. It's like one of the few times also with Suspiria, which I really liked the the, the remake. Um, mm-hmm. But that's rare these days. Like most of them are terrible. But like the Evil Dead one, I really enjoyed
0: Yeah, totally. That's one of the best remakes ever, I think, you know, the way they, the direction they took it in and how brutal it is. And they did their own thing with instead, like taking, well, these films they do now, like, say a foreign film comes out, then we do like American remake, and it's the same exact Uh, film. I'm like, you didn't do anything different. You're just fucking, you know, that's lazy. Yeah, terrible. So... All right, well, we're down to my number five, and uh, this is one of the newer films I was telling you about that I would have on the list here. Um, it's uh, 2015's Baskin. Oh, and, man, uh, that was a great movie, yeah. It <laughs> is. And to narrow it down, like, you know, it starts off like a, kind of almost like a cop drama type thing, you know? Like, what the hell am I watching here? Then it just gradually goes downhill to fucking hell. Not downhill in a bad way, but like like a downward spiral, you know? and, uh, the scene in this one that really got me is, uh, towards the end where they get into the house and stuff, and they start going, digging down deeper into this shit that's going on with these, uh, ritualistic things, and they, uh, stumble upon, like, the whole, like, black mass stuff that's going on, and it's, like, I don't know, it's, uh, like, the best parts of, like, it has, like, almost a Hellraiser-ish type feel to it, you know, without all, like, the SMM stuff, but, uh, i don't know it was just dark and visceral man and this it really got me it didn't scare me scare me but it you know i got that adrenaline rush you know they're all down there and like the main character like the main uh i guess you would call it um antagonist that's down there it kind of looks like a boy like a young kid you think he's wearing makeup and stuff like oh that's some crazy ass looking makeup but supposedly this guy has some kind of like a uh, thing that's wrong with his skin and stuff where he looks like an old man almost and you yeah, know yeah. on <laughs> top of everything that's like god damn it like this this is the imagery you know it's like it's so this just nasty and dark and this is like this is what i envision you know hell as you know if i believed in all that stuff but this would you know be hell to me so
1: yeah there's um he did another film called housewife that was really good too um I remember seeing that one it came out after Baskin. uh, Mm -hmm. also there's a town out here in new jersey called baskin ridge (laughs) (laughs) when i drive by it i'm like i'm never gonna go in there man who knows what the hell's gonna happen (laughs) to me if i go to baskin ridge new jersey you know (laughs)
0: yikes (laughs) i think i think a lot of people ignore baskin because um there's some harsh reviews on like the internet movie database and all, like, oh, this movie sucks and all. But I don't think the people like you know, the first half of the film's kinda boring because nothing's really going on, but you gotta stick with it and and the payoff is amazing. It's one of the best horror movies to come out in like twenty years, in my opinion, you know. Yes. Same with
2: the Event Horizon.
0: all you know, like all the
2: websites have like terrible reviews and to me it's one of the best things ever
0: oh hell yeah i love event horizon it's hellraiser and space pretty much you know and i fucking wow. love that oh so so i guess for down to our number four Nubby ralph yes um
2: uh, a lot of like the uh socialization when it comes to horror movies was because my parents were celebrating with the rest of my family i mean my family is not that big like i had uh I don't have any uncles or aunts. Um, It's just like pretty much was my parents, my sister and I and my grandparents. And whenever we were there for Christmas or birthdays, it was like family dinner. And then I took off to another room and just watched TV. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw a lot of shit that I should probably shouldn't have seen because they just showed stuff on TV regularly from 10 p.m. on. Um, and, uh, I, I saw the omen through that. And, and this movie, uh, was like the one that I'm going to talk about now was one of those. And it was, um, I, I, I zapped through the TV, which is, I don't know. Is that still a thing? Do people still zap? <laughs> or is it just, <laughs> um, so it was like, okay, wow, what is this? There's a guy with like, let, let me see like how fast you can get with what movie it is. So there's this guy with a mustache and a trench coat sleeping on a on a on a lawn chair in the garden, and all of a sudden this plant is moving next to him and it's making these wobbly sounds and there's this this tiny like uh, it looks like uh, tendrils or something touching him and then all of a sudden there's this fetus coming out of the plant and what the fuck is happening here? And uh, all of a sudden you hear this like. Noise and he's waking up and there's a doppelganger of him. And I was so terrified. And it's uh Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978, Donald oh, Sutherland my, dude, sleeping. So good. Oh man, like this movie. I when you did that episode, Mike, I was like, Oh yeah, I have to go back and watch it. I'm like, oh fuck, this is so such a good movie. Like, I mean the, the run of Donald Sutherland movies from that time um incredible but this one especially and that scene where he like he tries to protect elizabeth and she she's up in the room and so you go get some sleep and he falls asleep in the garden and then you see this this again body body horror dreamscape weird ass soundscapes everything that ticks the ralph scare boxes Yeah, that's yeah, I, 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 one of my favorite movies
1: of all time, man. It's like, and all the novel's really good too. And it's like, you know, kind of pulpy, harf horror, horror novel. Um, yeah. And Donald Sutherland is just the man, especially in the seventies, man. He got that mustache and yeah. that cool like afro, you know, like yeah, and yeah. everything.
0: Yeah. The ending was really fucking scary for me. Is that last scene where he's like pointing and his like mouse oh. wide open and stuff? I was yeah. like, ah man, that's fucking freaky, dude. Yeah.
1: Oh, so my number four is up now, I guess. Okay. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, this, you know, mine are actually pretty conventional. It's to come to think of it. There's a couple of things on here that I think are going to be a little surprising. But so mine is um, Night of the Living Dead, 1968's original, because there was a remake of this film done by uh, Tom Savini, George Romero's original. And the scene that has haunted me is when Helen is attacked by the daughter. Karen at the at when, when the house is being overrun and they're in the basement and uh, that scene where the daughter attacks the mother and it's like once again you know young the young version of myself this was actually on television and so I must have been about nine or ten when I watched this and it was like uh you know with commercials watching this on like chiller theater or something like that and i was like it was late on a weekend night and i was staying up watching this and it was just like the world turned upside down you know what i mean with like the child like attacking the mother and and that image is always i have actually i have a poster just just the karen's face here just hanging up my wall right here nice uh, yeah always is a haunting image for me absolutely
2: and it's 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 credible how how early that was, like in comparison to that like wave of horror movies in the seventies, that this one was even further like uh, earlier, and it yeah, still holds. It's, 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 it's yeah. unbelievable. And it still holds up.
1: I mean, it, it defined like what modern zombies were,
2: because there was like before that
1: there was you know the more voodoo based you know kind of folklore-ish zombies, yeah. like I Walked with a Zombie, and you know those old school films.
0: Yeah, that's that's a total good one. They just uh, they showed that on Joe Bob too, I think recently. I don't know. If they, yeah. I think they did. I don't know if it was a Halloween thing they did or right before that. But I remember they showed it recently, and it was cool revisiting that one because it still holds up so damn well. Like y'all say, it's it like it was done so far back. You know, it's crazy. Wow. All right, so we're getting to my number four, and my number four uh really struck me hard because it's. uh, early days of uh, band stuff or whatever. We're having to practice and stuff. We get done with we'll practice. Uh, we usually like watch a movie late at night and stuff. You know, when you're real tired, you know, certain films affect you in different ways. So the film we ended up watching that night was a 1990 film, The City of Lost Children. <laughs> yes. Ah, yes. Yeah. I don't think it was the best idea, man. Cause it was like one or two in the morning. I'm tired as hell. Watching The City of Lost Children. And uh, this the whole movie all together is horrifying. Like, you know the way it's filmed, like those uh, French films that came out during this time, like uh, *Delicatessen*, uh, *The City of Lost Children*. There's a couple other ones too that are really good, but they have this look and feel to them, man. It's like otherworldly almost, you know. And uh, the scene that gets me is there, there's a scene with the the main antagonist. I think his name is a uh, crank and he's sitting there with his like henchmen and stuff and they have like a, a baby in a cradle or whatever. And he's trying to steal that baby's dreams cause he can't dream on his own. So he has to steal children's dreams. That's the whole point of the film and stuff. And he's sitting there like fucking screaming and like laughing and you know, just his facial expressions and everything. Like the guy that, that used to play crank, which was a uh, Daniel in I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but, uh, like his performance man was terrifying just all his facial expressions uh the green tint that he used in city of lost children too like it just it screamed it was also like i had that david lynch nightmare fuel type thing you know it felt like i was in a fucking nightmare and watching mm-hmm. that after you know being super tired and stuff like it, it really left an imprint on me
1: not huh. oh, totally man it's a great movie absolutely Yeah, really good
0: and young ron perlman for you know that's always a bonus ron perlman's awesome and see him like all fucking young and shit and like wow you know great film um if you haven't seen it i I recommend always you know that's a go-to city of lost children uh i don't think that one gets enough praise you know
2: wasn't there like a petition by fans to make a third hellboy with ron perlman i don't know like i thought i read something because i would back that i would put down some money for that because i think the two ron perlman hellboy movies are really good and they should
0: have been more popular oh totally yeah especially the uh the second one i really liked um and i think uh, guillermo del toro did both of the first two if i'm not mistaken so no. you know that connection with him and ron perlman because um they did a few other films together and ron perlman's younger days uh there's a vampire film I'm trying to think of right now that Chronos. Uh, Kron-
1: yes. Kronos. Yeah.
0: And Perlman's in that one and stuff. And uh, I don't know. They got a good chemistry. And yeah, I totally agree. I think there should be a third Hellboy, but before Ron gets too old where he can't play the part, you know, I think he can still do it right now. But like yeah. he is Hellboy to me. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, 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 I thought that new one with the guy from Stranger Things was good, like it was not terrible. But, no. like, no, but uh, like, he nailed, like, like Ron Perlman nailed Hellboy in the whole thing, how he played him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and then, like I said, the new one wasn't bad. It, it was decent. I was surprised. I was going in, like, wanting to hate it. I'm like, oh, this ain't Ron Perlman. This is going to suck. But I'm like, huh, it's pretty good. I like the, the the story arc they're using for and stuff. But, you know, to me, Ron Perlman's the man, and he's Hellboy, so. Yeah. All right, so we're down to, what are we, down to number four now, or hold on a second? Number three. Number we're three. Our, we're yeah. going to
2: top threes now.
0: Yeah. All right, Ralph, so that's all
2: you on number three. Yeah. Of course, it's the only modern movie that scared me. Um, and uh, so, like, <laughs> you, I don't know, I don't know, if like, how the commercials or, like, advertising Machina in America works, but here, everything's deemed to be the most scary movie of all times and uh so i mean they they that's that's the bonkers to me that they did like a scientific research and sinister of all movies is supposed to be the scariest movie of all times by like and just like okay no so it's uh, a great movie though but yeah definitely not the scariest now no (laughs) and uh i mean they said it about malignant and we all know how how like how not scary malignant is and all that shit but This one, like it was presented as that one. And I have to say of all the newer movies I've seen the recent years, that was the only one that triggered all the right boxes, made me shit my pens. And I even have a tattoo now of that movie and it's 20, uh, 2018's hereditary. Nice. (laughs) And, uh, to me again, the stuff of nightmares, the, as a kid, I was so scared in the dark that like I had to have like this little light that my mom always plugged in in the night, which was like this green shining thing. And looking back now, it it might have been like the worst idea because all the shadows were like, like you could see more shadows and was just so everything like under, under the, um, under the cupboard there was like room and it was dark there and no light. And it was just terrible. And when um let me let me check the names here, my notes, uh where is he, where is he, where is he? Peter, yeah. So it's it's like already at the end of the movie. Peter wakes up and um he he goes downstairs. Um like he's he's turning around, he's confused where he is, and when he turns to the window, you see his mother, Annie, like walking uh along the wall pretty much like more f- almost floating which has a really exorcist kind of vibe and that was already fucking scary i was like oh no and then he goes downstairs finds the charred body of his dad like in front of the uh, in front of the fireplace and then all of a sudden you see like in the right back corner you see like this this no you first see her like the mother in the in the ceiling on the left side and that is like okay like i'm done i can't i my my heart is stopping and then he turns around but he doesn't doesn't see her but there's this naked adult figurine without a real face in the doorway Mm -hmm. and then she attacks and chases him i was already dead three times by that and then he runs up and hides in the attic and then she is like Stuck to the attic, like to the door and bangs her head, but like in high speed, like tut, 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 tut. And this is the fucking thing. Like in my nightmares, everything is really fast or really slow, and it's so uncomfortable that in my nightmares people are like a shadow version of themselves you know they have like these Mm -hmm. pale eyes and shit like and this triggered all these boxes it's like hidden in the dark you can't really see it but then she's like up in the attic and you're like uh, like up in the ceiling and you're like oh no please no and then she floats down to attack him and my heart like this movie I really love that movie. I've got a King Paimon tattoo on my leg now. And uh this scene is like from all the modern movies, the scariest one I could think of.
0: Yeah, that's a good choice, dude. Hell yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah, Hereditary makes an appearance. Not not somewhat not on this uh, you know, this this main list, but yeah, that that's one of the better films to come out in the last ten years, I think.
0: Yes. Yeah, I totally Did, agree with that.
2: Didn't like Midsummer though, unfortunately nah but i have like a i have a crazy because i i remember you just talked about this like with with paul i think um i remember like i i didn't really like it that much i i don't know why i have the like director's cut i will never watch this but i bought it at some point because it was cheap but like well when i was in the cinema to watch that i i don't know if it was like an accident and still no one could give me that answer but in, in like during the course of the movie in cinema it got hotter and hotter. And <laughs> and I was like at first like it was in fall, I think that came out. And I was like had a jacket on and a sweatshirt. It was like halfway through the movie, I like I have to remove my jacket. It's so warm in here. And it was like packed and it was always bright sunshine on screen and It's like, okay, like then like 15 or 20 minutes later, it's like I have to like get my sweatshirt out. It's so fucking hot in here. And it made this whole thing even more uncomfortable. And I thought like later on, I thought like, is this like a 4D experience that they try to do? You know, like because it's like bright sunshine the whole day and it's not dark and they just crank up the heat to make it more intense, which would have been a genius move. But I doubt that it was actually the case that was just like a malfunction in the cinema, I assume. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't, I, I never, from the, the beginning of that film, that sweet,
1: that guy, Pet Pelle. Yeah. I knew, I knew that guy. I, I, I didn't trust that guy. He seemed just like the kind of dude that would like text your girlfriend and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. a good right. choice. So my number three is, uh, this is where I go off, uh, into uh, a little bit more obscure films. Cause I know the first three of mine were just standards. Uh, there's a film called Terrified that came out in 2017 by it's an Argentine film by mm-hmm. uh, Dam, Damien Ruggna. And um, this, I believe, is still on Shudder. So if anyone yes. wants to check it out, it's still out there on Shudder. And there's a scene. The movie is kind of uh, almost like an anthology <clears throat> of, of vignettes that. That center around this town, this like suburban town that has this uh, like an interdimensional connection (laughs) and there's a young kid who is his reality he's like i'm gonna call him a zombie because he's dead all right he is reanimated and he he walks into the house that he grew up in or lived in and he's just seated at the uh, kitchen table motionless not saying a word and he's all just like decomposed and black but like a recently buried corpse and that scene, it went on for like way too long and gave me so much anxiety when I watched it as, and as, as an adult. You know, I mean, I just watched this a few years ago and that scene just really I would think about that scene for days after I watched the movie and just realizing just how creepy and scary
0: it was. Yeah, that's I mean, a you, good
1: got, one. Have you, got, you guys have seen this film.
0: Oh, hell yeah. I love that film. I think that made my uh, top end list that year when it came out. I thought it was fucking killer. And that scene you're talking about there was fucking fucked up, man. Because uh, then there's a scene where, like, is he alive or dead? And like, give him, like, a glass of milk or something and lay by his hand. And, you know, it's not moving. Then you see, like, the glass of milk fall over or whatever. It's like, uh, you know, what the hell is going on here?
1: Yeah, it was like, really, really well done, man. And I just, like, it's so uncomfortable,
2: you know i haven't seen it it's on my list i will ask my favorite website f movies wherever if everything illegal is streamable so i'll probably <laughs> find it there
0: <laughs> yeah that's a good one you're gonna enjoy that one man that one's yeah it starts off fucking crazy you know there's a shower scene in there I'm like yeah you see <laughs> oh,
2: okay 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 cool
0: awesome all right my number three mike you might uh, you might enjoy this uh director here uh mr rob zombie
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like he's hitting miss with me too mostly misses but when he hits you know pretty decent hits and uh this one here uh i watched in the movie theater when i was in uh i think it was in high school maybe like a freshman high school or whatever and uh this one really fucking did it to me because i was looking forward to this film like for years hearing oh rob zombie's making a movie this is his first big movie he's making a movie cool you know i like white zombie some of rob zombie stuff also but uh found out about a uh, house of a thousand corpses and um i went to the theater to see it with a friend and uh yeah this movie is insane and i still like it too i think it's to me i think it's rob zombie's best work besides uh lords of salem you know i love house of a thousand corpses but there's a scene towards the end when uh shit gets real when they go meet dr satan like I, mm-hmm. you know dr satan was terrifying looking like the makeup job and everything it's fucking crazy i mean you're on underground here you go he's like uh all these crazy ass like uh mental uh creature type experiment mutation type things that dr satan's working on and stuff like he's fucking drilling in somebody's brain he's doing this and this is the way he looks and his voice is fucking terrifying so i'm like oh man this is this is intense but um after that scene where they're trying to escape out of there from dr satan you get to meet earl firefly which i thought was fucking terrifying he's uh got this like respirator on him he's carrying a fucking axe and he's all burned up and shit and so his skin's like red and like glossy looking and slimy and stuff and he has this uh this way he breathes like with his respirator and the way it was done in the movies and stuff like um the emphasis on the breathing was really fucking scary man it's like (sighs) and he's like chasing these kids down with the fucking axe and everything uh, that one really gave me a run for my money in the theater just, you know, hearing it at full volume like that and just on the big screen, I think that really impacted me and uh, I thought it was terrifying. Yeah,
1: you yeah, know, I'm really rooting for Rob Zombie. Like, uh, you know, like I said, I like Lord of Salem. I kind of feel like if he had did more, um, you know, films like that, you know what I mean? Like I, I would probably appreciate him a lot more. Um. But yeah, that was cool. I remember seeing that when it came out, and uh, it was yeah, I I dug it. You know, it was I just think later on, man, just it, it almost for like lack of like effort or something,
2: some of his films just kind of fell off.
0: Yeah, he even all, kind of lost me on Devil's Rejects. Everybody says, oh, Devil's Rejects the best, way better than House of Thousand Corpses, but I don't think so. Devil's Rejects is a bit boring and kind of like really normal where like a thousand corpses was kind of experimental like everything you didn't know what the fuck was going on it felt dangerous to me you know because there's so many weird things i've never seen before in a way it was all placed and shot and all that stuff but you know devil's rejects is kind of just like a film a regular film you know i recently
2: when i recently watched the monsters i was uh first off i like i started and after 10 minutes i uh, adjusted my tv to black and white because i didn't Mm -hmm. want to see it in color and um i really thought like as an adult like who grew up also with the monsters because they they were like running in germany too but like dubbed of course but still like it was great and um um it's like i wish i had kids to like this would be like one of the movies to like watch with my kids you know to like get them into the horror stuff um i enjoyed that it was like it was an okay movie but like like you guys said, like Lots of Salem is like probably his best work and then it's like hit or miss. I'm not like super hot, super keen on him, but I wanted to ask you something, and I just want to have a yes or no, okay? Mm-hmm. Rob Zombie's uh-huh. Rob Zombie's two Halloween movies are better than Halloween ends and Halloween kills. I would say yes. No, <laughs> <laughs>
1: i had to think about it but yeah no
2: okay i really like i I re-watched them like in in 30 days of halloween which i also like saved miserably this year um i mean the second one is so weird and to me like the problem like the biggest problem with rob zombies halloween is that everything he does is like white trash everything becomes white (laughs) trash and uh why the fuck is Michael Myers taller and stronger than Jason Voorhees in that? Uh, the cool thing about Michael Myers was always that it was lean and mean, you know? Uh, that was the thing that, like, I didn't like. But then it was, like, going back. It's, like, I liked the first Halloween, and Halloween uh, kills and Halloween ends are so so terrible. It's just, like, I, I, like if I go to, like, my shelf, I, I would rather put out the Halloween, like, by Rob Zombie than watching
0: Halloween ends and kills again. Yeah, I liked his the first Halloween Rob Zombie did. I liked that one a lot. The second one, uh, it's rough, man. I've I've rewatched that one a couple times to see like I'm missing something here, but it just it doesn't really do too much for me. But that yeah. first one, I, I dig it because I like uh, Tyler Main that plays you know Michael Myers. I, I like that like version of him where he's like this fucking giant ass brute, like fucking you know killing machine type character. I thought that was a cool like you know mm. view of him and stuff. And I liked how he did his own thing with it, you know, made it his. For the most part, he had a lot of trouble with that film with the executives and stuff, trying to tell him how to do this and that. So, And that's what really happened with the second film that he was doing there. A lot of bullshit was going on, so that's what came out of it. But, you know, Mm -hmm. the first one, I enjoyed enjoyed that one a lot. My mom actually likes the Rob Zombie
1: Halloween films. I remember I bought her both of them for Christmas one year, and uh, she, she actually backs the Rob Zombie remakes. Hmm. and uh but i i just i like the more like uh you know the, the less gigantic version of michael myers
2: like i always envisioned him as being like like if ian curtis was like a uh, a serial killer or something yeah you know? yeah that was also my problem with with like jason florian version of michael myers rob zombies movie yeah I, I also like in the first one just like his, his steady pace and like killing someone tilting the head to the right is just so perfect and so menacing um and then i mean yeah the scene where he kills like the trucker and you see like his teeth fall out and like it's it's so gruesome but what i really liked about the first rob zombie is like the backstory where you see like young michael myers that creepy looking kid and i mean that's again like white trash society but like over time like i really grew
0: to like that movie Yeah, totally. Um I I agree with that.
2: Okay. So we're coming down to our uh our the, the wire here, man. Okay, it's number two, right? And it's me. Yeah. Okay. So um Mike and I always uh well like always, but like a lot of times. Oh uh, wait a second, Tito's nine. Ah I'm being attacked by a dog. Sorry. Ah, yeah i know i know um okay so like uh we always like a lot of times talk about like the shift in music between 1990 and 1994 everything changed and in general everything like changed in that time and probably that was the time i was 11 years old uh, in 1990 and that's when the next two things happened and uh they pretty much like scared the living piss out of me and to this day work number two stephen king's it the tv production yes. which is so much better than the other two movies even though they have parts i wish the old movie had but tim curry's as pennywise is like hands down one of the top five movie like movie maniacs of all times like next to robert england and um, you know, but the scene where the losers Club finally get together to fight off Bowers and his friends, so the the rockabilly uh looking assholes um and then they sit together and talk about their experiences with it, and Mike, the new kid, has this photo book with him, and they talk about it and all of a sudden like he shows all these snippets look there's a picture like a drawing of a, of a clown that burned down the, the tent at the circus and blah 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 and all of a sudden this book keeps on like starts spinning and rests at a picture of a street carnival and that starts moving and you can see in the background i'm just, i'm literally just getting goosebumps like, talking about this <laughs> and you see like it in the back, like, starting, rock, running around, doing, like, flick-flack and, 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 like, tilt wheels, and then running towards the camera. You see him, he points, the music goes, <clears throat> and he points, he runs, he disappears because he's going up that pole, and then you see, like, his hand and his face pulling up. The scene that they just, like, in the documentary, I just watched about it, like, they explain it, and then he looks at them, talks to them, sticks his hand through the picture and i was dead like that scene to this day is giving me nightmares
0: oh yeah i, I totally agree with that man I, I, that's my definitive edition of uh it is you know the miniseries and stuff and uh tim curry is pennywise holy shit so fucking oh, yeah. good yeah yeah yeah
1: totally man tim curry ruled as pennywise for sure
2: there's there's like there's a bunch of scenes that i could name from that movie like the beginning with the girl on the tricycle where he's hiding behind the behind the um, blankets and everything and he's waving at her there's like the the, the one where he comes out in the shower and like this the humor he has is also scary the dinner table like a lot of shit of there scared scared me but it's like it's like him in this black and white picture running towards the camera, and that's that's a reoccurring thing uh, which will also feature in my number one spot. Is like when usually you're a bystander in watching movies. For example, you see the slashers kill from a side view. You, you know, like Michael Myers nailing someone to the wall. You will not see it from his perspective most of the times, but from the side. But if someone in that movie that scares you all of a sudden points in your direction and looks you in the eye, that just kills me. And that's what exactly what it is doing. Like you see this picture and he's pointing at you, running towards you. And all of a sudden, like, Dick! you see his face in front of you. And that's just terrifying.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Holy shit. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go back and rewatch the miniseries again now. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right. So uh, my number two. Is um all right? This is going. This is a TV show. It's going back to the seventies again, and uh, there was a TV show, or is actually a TV movie. Sorry about that. Trilogy of Terror. Are any mm. guys familiar with that?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. I've seen that. Day. So
1: basically, this was like uh, I had three vignettes in it, and the third one was a vignette called Amelia, and it was I later on found out because I it was this was tucked in uh to a collection of short stories by uh, Richard Matheson it's based on a short story called Prey mm. and in this um this uh, story there's like this this little fetish doll that terrorizes Karen Black in her apartment okay and it fucking scared the hell out of you when i was a kid but the scariest part was the very end when you think that she's vanquished this uh, little creature Mm -hmm. by burning it up in the, in the oven. But you see her calmly talking to her boyfriend and uh, on the phone and like, Oh yeah, she come over. And she takes the lock off the door and she grabs a knife and she just crouches in front of the door with this knife, like slamming it into the ground, like waiting for this guy to show up so she can kill him. And then when she smiles, she has these fangs. And it, I I just watched this again, man, because I have I have I have it on Blu-ray actually, and um, and I watched it again, and it still fucking scared me, man. I I just, the vision of Karen Black like at the end of the movie still to this day scares the hell out of me.
0: Yeah, and she was kind of like scary herself without really being, you know what I mean? Like she's very intense, like anything she ever played, and she had like a really intense look about her, like very oh, dangerous yeah. feeling, you know.
1: Yeah, Karen Black's always been like my like like uh, you know top like you know fantasy women, I guess. So like I've always had this thing for Karen Black my whole life. I think maybe as a result of watching this movie.
0: Uh,
2: so in the way, I have something for Patricia Morrison. <laughs> wow, well, yeah, actually, yeah, actually, Karen, they kind of have the same intense sort of look.
0: Like yeah, that's a, like She might kill you or something, you know. You, you never know. Like she could kill you. <laughs> But it would be worth it, you know, right. hanging
2: out, hanging out with her beforehand, maybe get a kiss and then get killed. I, I take it.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. So now we're down to our, our top two and I'm on my number two right now. And this is going to be a good one, I I think. Um, maybe a nice refresher for a lot of people. But uh, this was a, a band episode of X-Files that um, I got to see live, I, I believe. I'm pretty sure, because this was a long time ago, but when I first saw this, I'm pretty sure I saw it live because I followed X-Files religiously as a kid. But uh, the name of this episode is Home, and it's uh, from Season 4, Episode 2. And, um, yeah, if you haven't seen this one, this is about a whole bunch of uh, crazy-ass inbred this is a a crazy ass inbred family and stuff um that keep their mom underneath the bed she don't have any limbs but they use her for reproducing other you know family members that's already fucking horrifying as it is yeah yeah Yeah. and the way they look and stuff man like the special effects and the makeup jobs i mean that were done on them are fucking amazing but uh the scene that gets me is when they're all uh traveling at night in this like old i think it was like a cadillac or something they're playing this old timey ass music like some rockabilly type sounding shit they got these baseball bats with them they're just randomly driving you know a bunch of like crazy ass looking fucking wrong turn looking you know people in this car And they roll up to this house this this unsuspecting house it could be anybody that's what makes it so scary it could be anybody just randomly they roll up to this house here. They walk inside their baseball bats and stuff and just kill the whole fucking family. You can hear the dad trying to fight back. I think they actually, no, they show the dad fighting back. You know, he's a, looks like he, he could take care of himself and stuff. But they're so like, they overpower him. They're so fucking strong and this. It's fucked up and they're beating him with baseball bats. And that whole scene is just so scary because it's so random, you know, and there's, yeah. there's nothing you can do with these guys. They're all fucking gigantic inbred, like, hillbilly fucking maniacs you know and that that to me scared the shit i mean as a kid and that episode was banned forever because you know this is of the content and you can watch it <laughs> now i think it's streaming now i think you can watch it like with the rest of the x-files on hulu i think not 100 on that but uh yeah that was a doozy and uh that one still haunts me till this day
1: i don't think i've ever seen that one i gotta be honest
0: oh shit <laughs> yeah man,
1: i gotta i gotta get down with that man that's like. You know, it's, it's funny because like there's, you know, whether it's nine seasons of X-Files, maybe. And uh, think like so. I've I i don't I, I still don't know if I've seen all the episodes of X-Files.
0: Man, um, it, this this one might be streaming on Hulu with the red I think Hulu has all the X-Files, if I'm not mistaken. Sometimes it changes to Hulu to something else. But. I'm not sure if this one's up there. Like I so say you're gonna have to look for it, but um I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or something if it's not up there. But it was banned for a long time. Sometimes they were shown on the repeats, like on like a Saturday or something on like some random channel they're doing like X Files repeats. This one would pop up there. Man, it's a it's a brutal fucking episode, dude. What what yeah. season was it from or like what was it intended okay. to be part of? It was uh it was season uh it was season four, episode two. Oh so, damn! They 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 went
1: they went uh they went hard right out out of the out of the gates with that one if it was supposed to be episode two. Damn. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> and yeah, you won't forget this one, man. It's like uh taking Wrong Turn, but like making it this super aggressive because I thought the first Wrong Turn movie was pretty decent. I saw that in theaters and stuff too. So you know the whole like Inbreak crazy hillbilly thing was kind of a big thing. And I don't I think this may came out first. I, I'm pretty sure this yeah this is out first. This was uh, I think the late nineties. When the season out, I believe, but uh, yeah, you won't forget it, dude. There, yeah, wait, the, the whole like scene with the mom under the bed is enough to fucking like, what the fuck am I watching here?
2: Yeah, like when when X Files came out back then, <clears throat> the one with a worm. Um, I don't know like what the English title for that is, but like the one that's hiding in the in the vents and everything. Like, oh, tubes. Yeah, yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, that was uh, terrifying as fuck back then. The thing here is the cool thing is it is here. it's on Amazon Prime, and uh, you can you can like choose like to watch the season, a season by season thing, but you mm-hmm. can also activate an algorithm that will only play the episodes, which is like the continuous storyline, not like oh, extra wow. episodes. So you can just like if you just want to see the story progressing, the actual story, that's pretty cool. like for someone who hasn't seen it. And says like i don't want to go through nine seasons like uh you can adjust that that's pretty cool i think
0: yeah that's badass and yeah you know, i think x files even to this day is one of the best shows ever especially when it comes to horror sci-fi i'm not really including the new x files they did a few years ago like the when they were coming back for a few seasons i don't know what the hell that was but it didn't really do it for me you know i'm talking about the original series itself you know before the remake reboot or whatever it was but I mean, that's some of the best, like, shit ever written, I think. I totally agree on that, man. I love it. All right, Ralph. So down to your number two. No, number one, man. Oh, number shit. I'm always behind on one of my things, yeah. <laughs> <know>.
2: <laughs> it's number one time. Okay. Number one, scariest scene of all times, is the whole, uh, it's the whole dashboard movie yeah <laughs> uh, da- dash cam dash cam that's it right? uh,
1: yeah that, oh,
2: okay <laughs> just 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 like having this in my head is like the scariest thing ever no fuck that movie um yeah no i mean i i already like kind of almost gave it away because i said like my no, like my two top uh top things that like traumatized me are both from ninety ninety. And uh I mean number 2 has a clown number 1 is only a guy with long gray hair and has a jeans jacket and uh like he's pretty much wearing a Canadian tuxedo uh jeans jeans jacket walks sideways crawls over a couch and my heart is broken and my brain is melted I'm of course talking about Bob in Twin Peaks ninety ninety, season 2 episode 2 um It's uh, after one of the most cringy things in that whole show, and there's like some cringy aspects, like one of the things that I really hate, almost like I love all the all the Cure songs, except for Catch, which is like one of the worst songs ever. It's so (laughs) ridiculous. And it's here. It's like the scene where uh, Donna, James and Maddie are singing this just you song, which is so atrocious. (laughs) <laughs> and then all of a sudden in the in the Palmer house, Maddie has the vision where the camera freezes and you see the living room and the dining area and the camera is stuck. And Bob, like the music slows down and you see Bob coming sideways from the right side into the room, turning to the left, looking at you and like walking towards you, crawling over the couch he he like pretty much blows out the frame and he just comes closer and closer until his face is in your face and it blends out you hear maddie screaming and this is to me to this day hands down the scariest thing of all times because it's just it's just i don't know man it's so simple and it's It just blows away this the thing I said where it's just like usually you observe from the side or you just see something but this one is coming towards you, and the whole thing with Twin Peaks and the dark elements of Twin Peaks like gave like it scared the hell out of me like and especially everything with Bob and this scene to this day is the most creepy ass thing I've ever seen in my whole life.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Bob's scary.
1: And it's funny that he is like it was
2: like the casting of him was by accident pretty much yes yeah because he was like in that one shot and like lynch said action and he just hit be like behind laura's bed and he's just there tucking down and then they're like oh what the fuck is this and that's how he got that part
0: it's insane oh. <laughs> well i didn't know that that's crazy <laughs>
2: Wow. Yeah, it's like this, this, this famous image where he's like, he has both his hands, I think, on the bars of that bed and it's mm-hmm. just looking through like between his hands. And he was just trying to not be in the frame because he was not out of the picture fast enough. And then like Lynch saw that. And that's kind of like the Lynchian way, which is like, um, i well i'm not spoiling this maybe i'll i will i can i can draw the connection because i think what i know what mike's first first one is so maybe i can draw it if not i will connect the dots afterwards but it's just the thing that happens and at the side of the screen not where your focus is but something that is just happening and gives you nightmares and then he's like okay i will use that and that's what david lynch does so perfectly and we talked about it like this The dream sequence the dream pace everything is like this nightmarish characters that are besides themselves um there's so much stuff in twin peaks that that gave me the creeps and that's why it holds up so well to me to me it's the best tv show ever done um uh yeah and bob so as simple as bob is it's so effective and so good yeah totally so my my number one,
1: it wouldn't be a complete list without a reference to Stephen King. So uh, for me at least, and uh, TV show, 1979's Toby Hooper produced Salem's Lot. Okay, now one of the one of the problems I had is there were several scenes in this series that really scared the hell out of me, and still do actually. So the one that I am going to um, focus on for the purposes of this uh, podcast is the, the Danny Glick, Mark Petri window scene where Danny Ah. Glick creeps up on him, floats up to him in the ether as a vampire and is trying to gain entry into, into Mark Petri's uh, room. Ah. And as a kid, I like, I mean, still as a, as a grown man, I I have a hard time watching that scene to be (laughs) honest. And the way it's shot too, because I think they shot it like, like backwards or something because his his facial twitches like danny glicks like the way his face moves and that his fucking eyes and everything is just so cr- And the fact that he's like a kid too and mm. so close to being to just death you know on mark petrie's end so that's like that's probably but still my number one you know scariest scene you know that's for my whole life i've really you know found that to be terrifying
0: that, that's a good one. A great film, also a great book. Um, I even kind of dug the sequel a little bit, even though the sequel was not scary. <laughs> you know, it was just fucking weird. But uh, the scene you mentioned there, yeah, that that was terrifying. Holy shit! And, uh, I think that should be in like the top ten most terrifying scenes out of anything. You know.
1: Yeah. Now, did they? Let me ask you a question. Did they ever remake *Salem's Lot*? I I, I have a feeling they didn't. I just didn't see it.
0: Um, they did a TV series of it, which I enjoyed. I don't know, if maybe it was when I watched it, whatever, whatever time I saw it, I liked it then. But they remade a TV series. I'm looking it up right now, and uh, Rutger Hauer played uh, played the main vampire. So that's you oh, know wow. that's kind of a plus there. Um, so it was a lot. trying to find it right now for yeah. It came out 2004, and it it started. Uh, it had Rob Lowe. He played Ben Mears in it and donald sutherland's in there he played, Richard he played straker yeah dude like same same year like
2: how did i miss that
0: i i you know i saw this uh long time ago when i was renting movies from the library like i didn't know this existed either and i was you know renting dvds from there. It's like oh cool sam's La- a tv series i've never heard of this shit before and that's how i first watched it was uh, a <laughs> the library rental but uh yeah rutger howard played kurt barlow and uh, I th- I think it's worth a watch. It's not near as good as the actual film itself, but it's interesting. You know, if you can find it, definitely check it out. It's saying you can buy it on Amazon. It's gonna be hard to find. You can probably find it on YouTube on all places or any other places you can find your stuff from, but might be a little hard to find. Or F movies like all the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a yep. TNT original too, so it came on like regular cable. was on TNT. It's just like, I mean, for the sake of completion,
2: like you like, I, I need to see that,
1: yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, so it's it's like, you can rent it for like $4, you know, on on, on uh, Amazon, so that might be worth checking out.
0: Yeah, totally, I, I definitely say watch it, because like I say I enjoyed it, you know, when it was out and stuff, and uh, this was a long time ago when I watched it, so I haven't done any rewatches with it, but I remember it being enjoyable, so. <laughs> right on. All right so my favorite uh, my number one scariest uh movie or i'm sorry, sorry this is a tv show tv scene you know this is another thing that uh affected me as a a young kid because this came out in 1995 so it's probably like uh 10 or something i'm not doing the math on all that but whatever <laughs> but uh this one got me real good man like uh Especially just, you know, still being really open-minded about things, you know, there could be existence of, like, real werewolves and vampires, you know, still real open-minded and all that stuff, and, you know, the supernatural and everything, but uh, this was an episode of The Outer Limits from 95, it was episode, it was season one, episode 11, called Under the Bed. And uh, this one fucked me up for like a month when I was younger and stuff, man. Uh, this one takes place, uh, you know, in a regular household. And stuff. we got a couple kids, a brother and sister, um, you know, they're about to go to bed and stuff. And uh, underneath, uh, I think it was the brother's bed, if I'm not mistaken, he had this little bear in there. And um, you start hearing a bear talk to him. He's like, oh, come on under the bed, you know, come down here and help me out. I need help. It was just a bear with red eyes. They're like oh, that's already kind of creepy and stuff. So the boy's like, "I'm not coming under there, you know. You're scaring me." And eventually, like, um, he's like, Fuck it. I'm going under here and grab this bear and stuff and see why it's talking to me and stuff." So he goes underneath the bed and grab this bear that's already got red eyes and talking this weird way to him and stuff. And then you see this giant arm pop up from the other side of the bed and grab this kid and take him under the bed. And it's this big fucking like troll that eats kids and stuff, man. It uh. fucking horrified me for months. I couldn't, I, I mean, it I was so hard to sleep knowing that, you know, there might be something under my fucking bed, you know? It's a fucking troll. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's horrifying.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that, that, that's, you know, that, 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 uh,
0: that's a great series, man. And I don't think I've ever seen that one, honestly. Yeah, that'd be a good one to revisit. And I, like I said, that was off of, uh, season one uh episode 11 and you know all those older outer limits were it was like a, a redo of the outer limits because they had the ones before that back in the day yeah. then they came out with these ones in the 90s i thought they were all oh, super creepy it's like dark man like really good stories I, I don't think there's too many i didn't like but this one here just hit me even more just you know because things under your bed when you're younger and stuff that's a big fear like you know always like leaving your feet dangling out. Something's going to touch it and shit. But you know, how about have a whole fucking troll under there, you know,
2: uh-huh. <laughs> takes
0: you into a cave after he fucking grabbed you from your bed and like pretty horrifying. <laughs> yeah. The, the same, same time I saw
2: that when I was younger, I don't even know why, why and where this ran because I was, uh, like when it came to that, like scary TV shows, like we had, like the only thing we had was American Gothic and Erie Indiana. Like these shows aired mm-hmm. on German TV, and uh, I, I saw that episode you were talking about too. And about the same time, I was a big fan of the Ghostbusters cartoon show. And there's one episode, like in that cartoon, where Egon is uh, is chased by the Boogeyman, like his his nightmare, the guy that comes through your uh through your um through your cupboard like oh damn like was that's the right word i don't know like how do, how, how do you call the the wooden thing where your clothes are in your rack no uh, the closet closet. Yeah, closet yeah closet yeah of course so he comes from the closet and he has like this gigantic head and has like these hooves he kind of looks like a satan this creature like a satan creature and he haunts egon and like just like this image of that thing like like terrified me as a kid and then shortly after I saw that that episode you were talking about Brandon and I'm like oh help like i I've never <laughs> want to I, I don't want to go out of bed because like there's there's room underneath my bed like
0: terrible yeah when you're young there's like no place safe cuz you know we still believe in things like this like you know we we don't yeah. know any better I, I think that's cool though you know i miss that feeling of being scared by things that you know, could or could not be real instead of being scared by shit that is fucking real, unfortunately, you know, like life itself. But, you know, having that like open mindedness and stuff, you know, and I still try to keep an open mind about certain things, you know, but, you know, back then, like, we really believed this kind of stuff, like, oh, there could be trolls, you know, there could be werewolves out in the woods and stuff like i'd be out there hunting with my dad when i was a kid and stuff going out with him and stuff and i would believe there's werewolves out here when night goes down like what are we gonna do about the werewolves dad you know <laughs> stuff yeah. like that you know I, I miss that time and that openness of, of believing and things like that yeah
1: yeah brandon i just finished that book uh a few weeks ago diary of a werewolf hunter
0: yeah how was that
1: I recommend it man it's like there's a trilogy and uh it's it's like just like brutal like very uh dark kind of uh action oriented um you know novel about basically a guy who goes around killing werewolves
0: <laughs> yeah I, I want to check I mean you said werewolves that already got me hooked on there Long, like a lot of these uh, werewolf stories I search for on my uh app I use for reading and stuff that it turns out to be romantic werewolf stories there's a ton of those I'm like what the fuck is this shit like you know like uh romance novels (laughs) so it's good to actually see a werewolf story that's a fucking werewolf story
1: (laughs) yeah this is definitely not romantic man it's like uh kind of like it has like this kind of like hard-boiled like vibe to it i definitely recommend it
0: oh yeah that's on my list i'm going through uh dean Koontz's uh book right now called intensity i'm Uh checking that one out i'm on a dean Koontz kick because i went back and revisited uh uh shit what's the name of that one uh uh watchers yeah because i used to love the, sh- the movie watchers was one of my favorite when i was a kid but it, had, yeah. it doesn't hold a candle to the book the book is fucking killer um I, I just got done with that one like maybe a month ago i'm like holy shit the book is so good so definitely recommend that if you haven't y'all haven't checked that out is there is there any
2: word on if there will be
0: more werewolf by night on disney
2: or will it be just like these excellent 60 minutes dude I I have no so, idea man. yeah same so good oh man uh like it was like okay cool they're doing it in this like oh man man thing is in there oh yeah it was oh so
0: good yeah hopefully they continue on with some of the the darker stuff and give us more werewolf by night because uh yeah we're very well done it's probably one of the best things i've seen on marvel besides like loki and uh, a few other things on there i like so wandavision
2: what I was wishing, like what I wish wishes, like that they take the Marvel horror thing and make it like uh, like, you know, like every every like uh, an hour episode of one topic. And then in the end, like bring them together, you know, mm-hmm. like as a mashup or something. So that that would be really cool. Yeah, totally. And they, I think that'd be great. And they could
1: work in, you know, I think they should put Moon Knight more as a horror character yeah. as well as,
0: as Blade. Yeah, I think that would be killer. Yeah. 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 The new Blade movie got dropped as of right now. So that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. But man, I still think Blade's Wesley Snipes to me. You know, like he's the man. Like the first two Blade movies are fucking masterpieces, you know, and that's so good. I just see him as Blade. It's hard seeing anybody else playing Blade. But, you know, he's getting older, so it's not happening.
2: But there's references to Blade in the Eternals. <clears throat> and there's reference in She-Hulk in the end, because uh, there's the the one guy that uh, supposedly is like one of Blade's sons, and they're talking about the sword and shit. So there's like a lot of references, but they maybe just like leave them dry and like not follow up on them now.
0: Yeah, from what I heard, the production ceases right now, like, I don't think it's off the table, but something happened where they're not going forward as of this time. Maybe it's just on pause. So, and the guy they do have playing him, I can't remember his name right now. He is a badass actor, and I think he can take the role and do something with it. You know, it's just weird not seeing Wesley Snipes' his blade, you know. So well, I, wasn't it supposed to be Mashad Ali? I believe guy? so. He, Yeah, he was the same guy did did uh, the season three of uh, True Detective. From right, was correct. Thinking. Yeah, yeah he, he really won go. me over on that. Yeah. Yeah. Good actor. All right, did we have any uh, honorable mentions? I have a few. I guess if you want me to start with that, we if y'all have some honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: I got some honorable
2: mentions.
0: I've got yeah. some too, yeah. Okay, cool. I'll start off with mine since I have them right here. uh The first one, this one almost made my list, but it didn't for some reason. I think everything else was kind of edging out just briefly, but uh Lost Highway. Any uh, there's a scene in Lost Highway where um the main characters uh walk into a, another closet type thing like a super dark closet and he's like walking and walking it's like a black hole engulfing him like mm-hmm. uh you know it, it's the whole lost highway in general the whole film is so fucking dark and eerie and stuff but just that closet scene was fucking kind of terrifying because i had a thing with closets as a kid you know i always had him shut because i figured something was living in my closet <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know seeing him walking it was like this, it's like this is engulfing him in darkness and um also another thing with lost highway that always got me was the mystery man and his video camera yeah. fucking oh, terrifying yeah, was a richard richard, richard uh, blake i believe rob robert blake robert yeah. blake yeah richard blake's the uh writer right or painter <laughs> i'm getting confused there but yeah robert blake uh he was already kind of uh scary looking anyways and to seeing him with his white makeup on playing the mystery man was Fucking wow. pretty terrifying stuff.
1: Well, I think that... I think Robert Blake is an actual murderer too. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, yeah, he is. That's right. He he shot his wife, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah,
1: he yeah. She came, he shot his wife exactly. So yeah, it makes another layer of reality to it.
0: Oh
2: man, and
1: extra creepy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I have one other one too. Uh, let's see here. There's a couple. Yeah, there's this film that came out, and let me look up the date on this. This is, like, a weird, like, imagery-type thing they used to get me when I was, uh, was a kid. It was a 1986 film called Gothic. And they had this, uh, like, Pan-like character in it who, yeah, um, like, uh, these fucking claws and these, like, elfish ears and stuff. I'm not sure if he was actually supposed to be Pan. I don't know what he was supposed to be, but uh, if you haven't seen the film, like... He's I think he's a, a little person as well. I'm not hundred percent on that. It kinda looks like the kid from uh Children of the Corn that played the main antagonist. But anyways, uh Malachi. what's that? Malachi. Yeah, yeah. Kinda look like him a little bit and uh yeah, they called him the, the Falsely monster was the name of the, the character in Gothic, but uh yeah, this super terrifying. There's a scene where this uh lady's laying on the bed and stuff and this like pan type Character comes rolling in. He's got these like crazy looking ears. He's got fangs and these long claws. And he like climbs over her while she's sleeping and stuff, man. That one really fucking freaked me out. And that's from the film Gothic from 1986. Weird Wait,
1: that's out Ken, film. That's a Ken Russell movie. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> weird, man. That one got me as a kid. <laughs> so that's my, uh, my like, uh, honorary it's there I, I thought it should be on the list but didn't quite make it mm.
2: yeah mike you want to go or should i go oh, i'll go um okay so I, I i got a few uh now paranormal activity
1: 2007 orin pelly the footage of uh you know where katie's like standing over her husband micah in the bed it goes on for hours that's like mm-hmm. time-lapsed very that always that scared me um there's uh, martyrs the ending where Anna okay. is uh, is flayed and then that that ending that movie just in general is like a very uncomfortable film very disturbing and that scene at the end was like a very uh, very heavy scene for me totally and, uh, going back to Hereditary uh, where Tony Collette saws her head off
0: mm. mm-hmm yeah yeah that's definitely uh, yeah. I think the scene that got me hereditary, hereditary was the uh, scene where uh, what's her name loses her head in the car and everything goes oh, downhill yeah, the from there. Totally. Uh, yep. God damn it! Yeah, I was like, well, that's a that ain't. I didn't see that coming. You know, horrifying.
2: That's that's the quality of that movie. There's so much going on that you can go back and reflect on. Also, the way <clears throat> with the puppet house they did, you know, like like zooming in and out of that. It's such so so well done. And also in the end, when, uh, when Peter floats into the house, you know, like the soul, like just the way he floats is so fucking creepy. Uh, and uh, no, it's like, the, like his mom and he follows her. And it's there's so, so it's yeah, it's such a dark movie and it's so well done. And the whole lore of King Payman, I like it when something has that much depth to it that you can watch it three times and find new stuff all the time.
0: Yeah, I actually want to revisit this one. It's been a while since I've watched it. So after all the talking about it today on the podcast, I want to go back and watch it again. So.
2: It's my right, turn. So yeah. Yeah. OK. OK. I've got a bunch. Um, So a, a, a movie franchise which completely blows is Insidious. <clears throat> but like when I've watched the first Insidious and you see like this demon the first time coming out on the side be, behind the guy like Mm. this short shock moment before you actually see like how dumb this creature looks, but that that worked. Remember that shocked me. Um, uh, remember the time when we had like all, a lot of Asian movies with black haired kids and Mm -hmm. like, you know, Ringo and, and all that stuff. And yeah. Um, and that was the first time I really saw where like the Americans redid all these movies and they were all terrible and that's the same they did with wreck and like for example wreck the end when it's like unveiled that it's like this weird ass old lady in the night night vision that's scary as fuck he um <laughs> in the first Yuan, on the grudge like the original one where she's scared and she goes to bed and again like ralph lying in bed being scared as a kid the idea is like, you know, like tucking yourself into the blanket so no one can attack you because you're in that, you know, like almost like a tank to protect you. And in that Yuan scene, all of a sudden you see like at her legs, like the the blanket is lifting up because there's someone, something crawling underneath it. And then she looks down and like, t- like opens the blanket with her hands and you see her face come up. Horrible. Like hmm. that was, that was terrible. Um, first phantasm when the tall man walks down the street and you see him like sideways and there's reggie unloading the ice and like mm-hmm. there's this fog coming out and he's turning towards him and like look at a camera and angus Grimm is like moving his face you know like the rock eyebrow that scared the piss out of me That um, almost made my list actually that scene <laughs> oh okay cool yeah um, yeah Oh, the first Phantasm has such great moments, and it's a shame. Like it's kind of like with Hellraiser, that like you watch the others back then, and you thought they were kind of good. But I mean, I remember like Mike. I told you about me getting like the box, the arrow, arrow um, and this is like I watched all five Phantasm movies, and it's only the first one that's really good. The rest yeah, is like, yeah,
0: no, totally, yeah. Uh, I like the second one a lot. You don't like the second one? I thought the second one was killer. The first two are my favorites
2: it's kind of like with hellraiser it it works i still like it but it's not as good as i remembered it to be
0: right yeah i, I totally agree on that they're still fun to rewatch, though even though because it gets so crazy man especially the further you go down like yeah. three and, so it goes nuts but it's still fun and there's something really creepy about the way they're filmed and some of the like uh, makeup effects that were used on some of the like things and stuff you know it's yeah. still creepy and dark. Yeah.
2: Also as just Angus Grimmy works, but he can like he cannot lift the whole weight and like the last one is just trash. It's like utter oh, garbage. Yeah, just, the last yeah. one was ra- Ravager, that one was that was terrible. Oh. Yeah, that um was okay, more Blair Witch. Um it's the overall thing in Blair Witch, but like when they go down into the house and you hear hear her screaming and you see the guy standing in the corner, that gave me the creeps. Mm. Um the descent um which is good because it's not funny it was like a really nice positive thing back then where all films like were like kind of winky-eyed the descent was just harsh and dark Mm -hmm. um but there, the scene where she gets stuck in the tunnel like when she crawls through that super small space and oh yeah like i was sitting in the cinema alone like in a late night and It was just everything was dark and you just saw that tiny light and you hear like the the stones move and it was just like i i had trouble breathing because i'm claustrophobic so that that was scary Mm. um poltergeist where the tree hand like uh scratches at the at the window and then like the bed turns around and she gets sucked into the into the uh, closet again closet beds um and uh, I'm really uh, uh, like shocked, Mike. No reference to The Exorcist. Well, I had it down here, but you know, I, I, it's it's hard to say
1: like any particular scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, There's like the scene where she comes down, and pees on the floor, and tells the astronaut that you're all gonna you're gonna die up there. You
2: know what yeah. I mean? I don't know if that really stands up against the rest of the the movies, the rest because... of uh, the, the scenes that I have. Because on my number seven spot, and it's not like one of the things where you, would, where you would think, like, you know, like the spider walk in Director's Cut or like the scene you described, it's the fucking Captain Howdy faces appearing like in the middle of the yeah. dream sequences, for example, but then the one where she goes into the kitchen and you see it in the top left corner in the dark is just like really subtle. There's this face coming up and this to this day is like one of the most creepy things that happens in that movie so yeah that was like that would be my closest runner-up was like the exorcist the cat and howdy thing um but yeah i mean there's i could go on but these would be like my <laughs> my my it's like i mean that's top cool 100. That's, <laughs> the top 100 yeah like i mean you had that show right wasn't there a show
0: like yeah yeah the- yeah, because yeah, I think we went we went different with it. We have a bunch of other shit that they didn't cover on the show, so I think that's pretty badass. Yeah,
1: they, they had but, a lot of stuff on
0: there that I thought was not scary at all, actually. No. <laughs> yeah. that's cute hey, one, Uh Speaking of Captain Howdy, y'all remember the uh, Twisted Sister song? <clears throat> uh, uh, Captain
1: Howe. Yeah, man. Actually, that, that's a that's a very obscure reference, though. But yeah.
0: And it's fucking good. It's heavy. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Crisis did a cover of that as well. And if you haven't heard that from the uh, Crisis back in the day, that's a fucking awesome like cover. The,
1: the Karen Crisis band? Like yeah. The York yeah, yeah. Band? I didn't yeah. know they covered that song.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I, I heard about that years and years ago. And that made me look at <laughs> the Twisted Sisters song. I was like, oh, this is cool. So I'm pretty sure it's got to be referenced to fucking, um, you know, Exorcism. I'm hoping. I'm sure it is. I mean, but. Uh-huh. Unless that's just a hell of a coincidence, I don't know. You know.
1: No, nah, I know that D. is a big horror guy, so yeah, it's got to be.
2: It's yeah. uh, there's um. I mean, you guys know that I'm a pro wrestling fan, and like for a while now, I have just been watching AEW. But now Vince McMahon, that old cunt, is finally gone from WWE. <laughs> so so uh, Triple H is taking over, and he's bringing back all the people that got fired, and they've got one guy called Bray Wyatt. And he's, like, uh, he's a super horror fan. And he created a character a while ago called The Fiend. We had, like, this alter ego with a math that was done by Tom Savini. And it looked fucking badass. And, had, like, these nightmare sequences. The first in- incarnation of him as a figure was kind of like uh, this this clan, like this this uh, cult leader that looked like Robert De Niro in in um, in Cape Fear but it was like from the swamps and had like the Wyatt family with Manson references. So everything that guy did is like fucking badass. And like while he was fired, he even did a horror movie, um, which is supposed to come out soon. And now he's back in WWE and like, he came back as Bray Wyatt and he's like talking into the camera as apologizing for all the horrible things he did. And all of a sudden there were like these disturbing noises and these cutaway scenes where like, a Disgruntled, like ugly, burned face appears in the camera and talks like in this maniac voice and talking about his inner demons, how he cannot escape his darkness, and then he's like, "Oh no, my Captain Howdy is back!" I'm like, "What?" It's like, <laughs> okay, so like, there's even like he's he's doing like I like most of the wrestling fans don't get it that like Captain Howdy has like a like a different origin than like the Bray Wyatt thing. But like yeah, he has like these so many alter egos that they talk about him being like six personas now, and one of them is Captain Howdy. So I thought that reference was pretty cool and shows that Bray Wyatt
0: is like a horror nerd. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, because that's some deep diving shit there. Badass. Well, this has been a fucking a uh, great episode, man. This has been oh, a yeah, lot of man. fucking fun. Yes. Uh, I- I think we should do this more often for sure, like uh, at least a couple of times a year, if not more, like, go you know, pick a subject and go, you know, do a long ass episode on a deep dive in stuff. Because, uh, yeah, had a lot of fun with this. Always, It's always a pleasure talking with you all, too. I mean, yeah, so I'm, I'm always good. down. I'm yeah. always down for doing this kind of thing for sure. man.
2: And it's cool that like these crossover things, like in the comic books, that, that there's all these crossovers between the different podcasts where like everybody appears everywhere and that's that's uh, fucking
0: cool it's great I, i'm i'm proud to be part of it you know it's so cool and yeah I, this is really awesome so I just yeah you gotta do this more often and uh yeah we gotta keep the the horsemen of the podcast apocalypse alive <laughs> hell yeah man <laughs> it's yeah. so hard to say sometimes so i write that shit down that way i don't get too tongue-tied because <laughs> i'll be damn man i'll be doing like takes in here with my intros I'm like i gotta fucking write this down i'm gonna get tongue-tied on it you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten it right, honestly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep that shit in my nose as soon as I get it right. But it, it's so cool and it has a lot of impact. And it's, you know, it's a great name and, you know, it's really original. And stuff, so, I'm like, it's fucking cool.
2: I'm I'm already calling dips on the next idea. And maybe you guys w- want to be part of that. Like, I mean, one of you has to record it because I don't object shit about recording podcasts. But um, we're always so serious, you know. And, like, we're funny guys. Let's do the top five most overrated horror movies of all times. <laughs> oh man. I,
1: oh yeah, I'm down. A, <laughs> hell yeah. I got a deep list for that one. <laughs> <That's> for <sure.
2: laughs> I think that would be just so fucking hilarious to talk about all the all the cringy bullshit people pulled as horror movies. So if you ever wanna like if you want to do this, I'm game.
0: Yeah, put but that I on guess. the list of like episodes we're gonna do for sure. That that's on <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, yeah i got a list on that one too for sure <laughs> okay. all right well i hope you all have a killer uh week rest of your weekend and stuff and uh yeah when y'all meet up and stuff for the show hope you all have fun there and uh we will talk oh. again soon yeah, yeah. yeah man all right guys have a good one yeah take care guys take care take care